0: Previously on the Battle Ready
1: Podcast. Here we yeah, go, you're here we ready. go. Alright.
0: Unfortunately, our good dear friend Death Guard John was out wrestling alligators at the Waffle House, so
1: you son of a bitch. That's happens when you don't tip them. That's it. Listen the alligators on in the waffle house if he does it.
0: But for those that are curious, uh I am a, a blueberry lover. One more death.
1: <laughs> so close
0: man uh, it, share share <laughs> little hot pockets of joy yeah, is what that is fun. of syrupy joy but syrupy the problem joy. is is dude if you fill all those little pockets you who know, that's why the hell did i say two
1: welcome back everybody to the getting battle ready podcast today with me i have one and the only guard jake howdy howdy everyone and unfortunately Death Guard John is still recovering from his wounds associated with his alligator fight at the Waffle House.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, he was winning. But an uh, old villager lady came up, twin loofahs in hand, and just hit him in the back with a steel chair. And
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, as usual, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into this one. We've got a good one for you, I think, today. Um, but, Jake, what have you been hobbying on this week?
0: I have started two more Lehman Russes. And uh, they're not painting. I just started building them. So that way, that'll bring my, my rust total up to five, which is about where my list wants to be at.
1: Five Lehman Russes. That That's a lot. Yeah.
0: Magnetize them all so that way when I'm going in between, like, demolishers and punishers and battle cannons and exterminators and executioners. Yeah, absolutely. Makes it
1: easy. Magnetizing, I think, is just so crucial. This game is very – it's expensive. <laughs> it's so
0: dynamic. And that's the thing is I don't want a, every setup, so – I'm going through, I'm taking my time, I'm magnetizing everything. You don't want to own 15 Lehman Russes? I would absolutely love to own 15 Lehman Russes, but have them all magnetized.
1: That might be the most guard thing you have ever said. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, listen, <laughs> 15 Lehman Russes. If I, I'm already out almost at 300 infantry, including all my Metal Steel Legion. So, That's too much. I just want to put it on the table and do one giant apocalypse game and hate my life for two days straight.
1: I mean... We did that one. That was pretty fun. Oh, it was so uh, fantastic. Was it? was it last year? Yeah, it was at the end of the escalation league. That was fun. Yeah. Um,
0: it was a it was a fantastic time.
1: Yeah. Any anything else, or just just really building this week right now? Just building. Um,
0: I painted one another Gaunt's Ghost model. I painted um Try Again Bragg, and okay. uh, got him. He's he's okay. He's not as good. I I messed up his skin tone. I went a a a color higher than I wanted to. I went from finishing off with Katie and... Kizlev, and then I tried going flayed one flesh, mm. and it just it didn't do what I wanted to. So I tried to back it down, and
1: it, and it just muddied it up. A little yeah. Bit. So yeah, I, get I mean,
0: I'm. It's one of those things you don't want to pet the flaming dog. So I just don't want to touch it anymore because it.
1: it is as it I've is always say, man,
0: point. you hold it up from an arm length away, it looks fantastic. So I'm leaving
1: it. I mean, they're not on the board very long anyway. So
0: I know they're always uppies.
1: <laughs> sure, uppies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like uh, sidelined but okay never
0: uh so how about you man what have you been working on
1: um what have i worked on this week uh i did i did a couple things um i started working on a nightbringer oh, or Necrons. that's right i saw you painting that thing look um, nice thank you i got to finally break out the airbrush and really get some practice with it you it was a lot you're, of fun
0: you're cheater Cheating abilities. Hey, it makes Use a brush like a man.
1: It makes gradients so
0: much faster. Oh, no, dude. I want one so bad.
1: I'm not the best at wet blending. And, you know, it would have made more sense for me to practice. Or I could spend $200 to get Oh, yeah. A and brush. then
0: just do it automatically. But... Um, Money fixes all.
1: It, well, kind of.
0: It's like, dude, it's...
1: It, it doesn't you, fix this game, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> that is not true. You just... Trade your models in for an Aldaria. I mean you win games.
1: Well, not anymore.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Since the new well, who well, knows?
1: We should probably say that as when you guys hear this episode, it will have been about a week since the data slate. Yes. Um, and we will have a data slate episode out for you guys before this.
0: But so look backwards towards the data slate episode. It'll be long. Yeah,
1: but yeah. Um so I did the Nightbringer and I just finished its base last night. And then I started building Lord Solar for uh, my Astra Militarum army because my Chaos Space Marines are in a rough spot. But we'll go like we'll we'll talk about that more in yeah. a different episode. Um, are you
0: planning on using the uh, the Necrons for the Escalation
1: League? No, you can't find them anywhere.
0: That's that's true. I'm, I'm just going
1: to pick up the Necrons as like a like a fun project to do with um, with Ashley.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. That's I'm I'm gonna start working on Space Marines again and start doing and building up my my blueberries, my Ultramarines. Gotcha. This is a um, little side project. Make paint them up, make them
1: pretty. But other than that, I really haven't like I haven't touched a whole lot. Um, I've just been living your best building, life. Yeah, just building and doing a lot of theory crafting on lists and things like that. Um,
0: yeah, especially with the data slate, you definitely uh, need to be theory crafting since chaos. Space Marines basically got bitch
1: slapped.
0: But more to that.
1: Yeah, I think think that's pretty much it for today, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Sweet. All righty. Well, today is my turn to have you guess what's that data card. Great. All righty. Should be a great time. So as as last time, you guys, by all means, follow along. See if you can guess it before uh, he does. I got a real good one this time. Jake's been playing for... Uh, ever, and um, so I picked out an hopefully an oldie but goodie. But he hates the lore. That's not true. He just doesn't follow it as closely as I do.
1: But I don't think anybody clo- follows it as closely as you do. That
0: that's true, dude. <laughs> Listen, ADD man. I made it my entire life. But um, so as we know, rules of the game, you get five questions. Pick a random. Mm-hmm. I picked a random data slate. Kinda, not really. I special this one. And uh at the end you get three guesses. All right. So.
1: Um, yeah. we're gonna go with the first one. Is it Chaos, Imperium, or Xenos? Imperium. I knew it'd be Imperium. I knew that <laughs> I was going into it.
0: I almost chose a Chaos one. Um, but uh, I you should have. I know. But <laughs> it, it would have been, been way easier.
1: Easy. Okay. I guess our next question should be Is it an inventory, a vehicle, or um, like a mounted, like what?
0: It is, is it an infantry model.
1: Infantry model, okay. Can I have a data sheet ability?
0: A data sheet ability. All right, I'm going to give you the easy one. All right. Dominate will. It's a psychic ability. At the start of your opponent's shooting phase, select one enemy infantry unit that is within 12 of and visible to this model. Roll 1d6 on a 1. This model suffers d3 mortal wounds on a 2 to 5 until the end of the phase. Each time this model in the unit makes an attack, subtract 1 from the hit roll on a 6 until the end of the phase. That unit is not eligible to shoot.
1: Okay. So then it's some type of librarian. Is it though? It's some type of like psyker, which makes me think librarian. Um so I've given so it's three let's see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um what is the does this uh model have an inbull save?
0: Yes it does. Uh it is a five plus.
1: It's a five. Okay, so it's not a Terminator. Alright, and then for my last one, is this model an epic hero? Yes. So it's a named character.
0: Yes. Great. You want me to give you one massive hint or you just want to go raw dogging it?
1: I mean it, it's the five questions. I ask my five mm-hmm. questions. Okay. Okay. No, this one though at all. I don't even think this thing sees play. It does not. Of course it doesn't.
0: It does not. It saw some play, um, last edition, like very fringe play, but this edition, it has friends that play that sees tremendous amount of play, but not, uh, but not this model in particular.
1: Is it Yario Ventress?
0: No. Although funny enough, he was my original that I picked, and then chose to go with this one instead.
1: Okay. Um. So that's one guess. I don't know. This feels like probably some stupid. Dark Angel's model, no. Or you probably picked an ultramarine. <laughs> what other named ultramarines are in this game? Gilliman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that, I figured that'd have been too easy.
1: Uh, you'd have been wrong. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, name the weapon,
0: uh, the Emperor's sword. Oh, the
1: only other one I could think of is not an is it not a named character? So I don't know. Who this could be. Gotcha. You want a hint? No, I don't want to cheat.
0: <laughs> <sighs> um, it's it's a hard one, man. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie.
1: I don't know. The only other one I could think of is a librarian in Phobos armor, but I'm pretty sure they give um, loan op or stealth. So I don't yeah.
0: know. no, it's not a librarian. It's...
1: you got one more guess? No. Said Gilliman.
0: Oh, librarian well, I of Phobos. You were just being a. No, no, no. righty. It is, I'll, I'll give you a hint and see as I go through if you can get it. He's got a book series named after him. He's an agent of the Imperium. And he may or may not be Henry Cavill. Are it is Eisenhorn? Eisenhorn.
1: I don't think Henry Cavill is playing Eisenhorn.
0: <laughs> I don't think so either. But that is uh, that is the model. It is Inquisitor Eisenhorn. And he is an uh, agent of the Imperium. He has a 6-inch movement, toughness 3, 4-up save, 4 wounds, 6-up leadership, and 1 OC is an invulnerable save. His weapons, ranged weapons, are an artificer bolt pistol and mind assault, which is a psychic weapon. His melee is the rune staff and barbister, which is a psychic attack. He has a 6-up feel-no-pain, considered a leader. He's assigned agents. He has abilities such as authority of the Inquisition, while this model is leading a unit, it can conduct them. Uh while this unit is leading a model, double the attack characteristics of weapons equipped by a demon host model unit and then the dominate will. He can be he can lead any Imperium battle line infantry and inquisitorial henchmen. Gotcha.
1: That's interesting.
0: Sixty five points. Yeah,
1: so I don't I don't think he really has any play right now, but he could be interesting. Yeah, he saw some
0: outline fridge in ninth. Um He had uh, an ability, I think, that was that you could double the attacks of the unit that he was within. Mm -hmm. So we saw some play um, lined up with uh, Guardsmen and stuff like that and different uh, Space Marine.
1: Gotcha. So, yeah. And welcome back. As you guys could have guessed it, today's episode is about the cockroaches of the 41st Millennium, the Tyranids.
0: And as we all know, the only good bug is a dead bug.
1: This is the second episode of our Getting Battle Ready series where we take you through the data sheets of an army and kind of help you pick out a good core to use throughout the edition for around $500. Here after this segment, we will be discussing more in depth. The different
0: factions and stuff like that are the sub-factions that are within the Tyranid army, so that way you can go through and figure out which one works best for you. We're going to have some units that are highlighted for each one that you kind of want to focus on when you're building. And then we're going to pick one to two out of each... Uh, individual sub-faction that we think we really liked and think you should kind of prioritize getting towards so that way, you know, you're working towards that magical 2,000 points so that way you can get ready for your RTTs and get competitive and get battle ready.
1: All right, and before we get into the the data sheets and the models, um, we're going to briefly go over the army rules for the Tiernids. Um, they do have two army rules. The first one we're going to discuss is uh, it's called Synapse. If your army faction is Tyranids, while well, a Tyranid from your army is within six inches of one or more friendly synapse models, the Tyranid unit is said to be within synapse range. Each time a Tyranid unit from your army takes a battle shock test, if they are within synapse range of your army, that test is taken on 3d6 instead of 2d6.
0: That is insanely powerful. Um, I've played against Tyranids quite a bit, and their ability, if you think you're like, oh sweet, I finally got them below half. And they'll be able to take that battle shock. And they're like, oh, that's cool. My battle shock is six leadership, and I get to roll it on three dice. Like, well, if I roll a two, I'm good.
1: I do know that their <laughs> army does have a higher leadership. Like, mm-hmm. I think that they're more like leadership eight.
0: It could be. Um, I'm not um, 100% sure. I just remembered every single time he rolled, he passed. And there was well, not much I can do. I mean,
1: even on even on three dice. Yeah. Well, I mean... An eight on three dice is still pretty good. You know what I mean?
0: You could be like me and roll three ones religiously.
1: Well... well no, not all of us are like you, buddy. That is true, just <laughs> built different.
0: But uh, it's kind of cool because it plays to their lore that, you know, there's this hive mind that goes through and it reaches out to all the different bugs and stuff. And as they reach out, it keeps all the little bugs in check and everything. So it's pretty cool lore-wise. Uh, it's a good play off that to bring it, you know, from the lore into the actual uh, the gameplay. And their second uh, army-wide ability is called Shadow in the Warp. And its ability is states: if your army faction is Tyranids, once per battle in either player's command phase, if one or more units of the army are with, uh, with this ability are on the battlefield, you can unleash the Shadow in the Warp. When you do, each unit in the battlefield must take a Battle Shock test, and each enemy unit. My apologies.
1: Yeah, yeah. And So, it's um so it's good. good. It's good.
0: It uh it literally won my opponent a game because me playing guard my. You know, my leadership's a little low, but the issue is is it shuts down my ability to issue orders. And he did that. Almost all my units failed battle shock. I lost 15 points on primaries. I couldn't order. Half my army ended up getting wiped out because they were battle shocked. It was so good. I could not believe how powerful this was when it happened.
1: Yeah, and I think this also plays really good into armies that do have a little bit of a higher leadership. I would imagine that... Um, like you said, like your guard and things like that would have a harder time with this, and we'll discuss more why this is so powerful. As there are some things that can help manipulate battle shock tests and whatnot throughout the army.
0: Um, oh, for sure, especially. And the thing is about it: if you're within range of certain units, it stacks. So you have to do multiple battle shock tests, right? And it just eventually it just gets to the point to where like no, you don't understand your your army's battle shocked, and you're just like.
1: Cool. Yeah, I um, I do think it's a very strong rule, and to uh, to kind of segue into our models that we've chosen, I think this is a great time to discuss the neuro It's the first one on our list. Yeah. Um, so
0: the the only way that you're going to be able to currently get the high the neuro is going to be the what's
1: it called? The horrors of the hive is the only way I've been That's able to it. see it. Unless I think you can get one in a Leviathan box.
0: Yes, if you can get a Tyrant half of the of the Leviathan box, it does come with both of them.
1: But I know that those are now getting to be few and far between. Yes, because we're you know six months past launch. The big thing with the Neuro Tyrant, um, there's a couple of things that it does that I thought were really good. Um, I'll go over. Its weapon for its range weapon is a two d six flamer, but its strength five ap one two damage. That's just really powerful.
0: Yeah, I mean strength five. So your it's it's a flamer, so it has torrent. So it means that you don't have to roll the attack uh, to hit. So you're already removing dice, and with the strength five, you're wounding guardsmen on threes.
1: Well, you're wounding marines on threes. Yeah. So I mean, most of the arm, most, most units that you're going to have to be put up against, you're going to wound on um, either fours or threes, which feels really good. Yeah.
0: And it's 2d6. You're throwing a bucket of dice at whatever you're trying to kill. AP1, you're putting guardsmen on their six up save. You're putting your space marines on their uh, five, five up ups. save. And then two damage every time it was a failed save. It's, it's a, just, it's just very it's powerful. It's a dead marine and a dead um, guardsman.
1: The other, the other things I want to discuss with it that I felt were good were it's two, it has two really good abilities. Uh, the first one I was going to talk about was Psychic Terror. This one is minus one to Battleshock tests when you use Shadows in the warp. And so like we were previously discussing, when you Shadow in the warp, everything in your opponent's army has to take a Battleshock test, and now they're taking it at minus one just because you're on the board.
0: And if you're able to deny 15, 20 points of primary, it's, it's so good.
1: Well, I was going to say the big thing that it, it does too is it more than likely will deny primary in one turn because of the, with the minus one. So again, just a very powerful um, ability. And it has one other ability I wanted to talk about that is uh, the Neuroloids. And it says, in the command phase, select up to two Tiernid units within 18 inches and have them considered to be within synapse range. And I felt like this was such a good ability because this allows... Some of those units that want to push up the board, maybe it's your your hormagons or Termagants or gargoyles, um, lictors, which all are just different data sheets we'll discuss later. Um, this really allows them to push ahead and not have to be so close in case they do get battle shocked for some reason, um, and still get that three d six and keep chugging along like nothing has happened.
0: Yeah, and you know even if you throw a bucket of dice at them and you get them more than half. You know, they're just going to shrug it off and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, battle shock. Oh, yeah, here's three dice. I make it. Keep going.
1: Um, I just think that the neuro tyrant puts you into a lot of good situations, especially with it being an 18-inch range. There's a lot of things you can do with him to protect it while still getting the, the bonuses from all of its abilities. I think the next key one we were going to discuss, you were going to talk a little bit about, right? Yep.
0: Um, so in that pack that you get, uh, you get a Screamer Killer. Um, it does have the monster keyword, and a uh, which is going to go real heavy into one of the factions that we're going to talk about later. Um, movement 8, T9, 2-up save, 10 wounds, leadership 8, OC3. It's it's going to be one of your frontal assault guys that are just going to go in, get into basically brawling ranges, and just start fighting. Uh, it does have synapse. All right, so yeah, it's ranged weapons are the— Bioplasmic Scream, Assault Blast, 18-inch range, uh, D6 attacks, plus three, ballistic Scale four, Strength eight, AP two, one damage. So the nice thing about it is, is you can take him, uh, advance him up the board, and because he's got Assault, he can shoot. You shoot into a unit, and then at the end, you can Death Scream, which will, at the end, uh, the Death Scream ability is in your shooting phase after this model is shot. Select one of the units or more that were hit by these attacks that unit must take a battle shock, subtracting one from the te- that test. So let's say you shadows in the warp. You have that model or that unit of models that are chilling inside the center objective, and you're like, "Great, they pass their leadership." So you can go through, shoot them, get them down a little more. If you didn't wipe the unit, you come in and try and battle shock them again and take that objective from them. Um, they also have a, a pretty darn good melee attack weapon, which is a Screamer Killer Talons. So you got to be in uh, melee range for it. Ten attacks, weapon skill three, strength ten, AP two, three damage.
1: Yeah, it's a really good melee weapon. Um, I think the big thing, you'll see the common theme amongst most of the models that we've chose, they all have the assault keyword. And I think that this is probably intentional just from doing all of our research. Assault gives you the ability to advance your model and then also perform an action. And that becomes huge when you start getting to move these big models up the board or big swarms of infantry, you know, they're going to get to go around nine, 10 inches on average before, um, doing their action. So they can just get on that objective, hold it or do any type of type of secondary. It just allows you to get into position to do something that most armies have, you know, just a handful of models that gain the assault keyword. um, but that takes us to our our first battle line unit mm-hmm. um, where we are going to discuss uh, gargoyles. They are extremely fast. They also have the assault keyword on their profile um, with their flesh bores. They're just one shot, strength fives, AP one damage, hitting on fours. Um, you know, they have a typical one wound profile, nothing like extremely crazy, but they do offer some great things with their abilities. So their movement 12, which is a big thing and they're flying. Um, They offer a deep strike to you. And then their ability, which I thought was really um, interesting is in your shooting phase after this unit has shot. If it is not within engagement range of any enemy units, it can make a normal move of up to six inches. If it does until the end of the turn, this unit is not eligible to declare a charge. This just gives so much mobility. So even if you're not using them um, to do an action that turn, or the big thing is you deep strike them in, mm-hmm. shoot at something, and then get a free six inches of movement, which could potentially put you on an objective, get you into a corner for engage. They just have lots of play in a sense that they can move where they need to be for you every turn.
0: Yeah, or, or better yet, you go through... You deep strike them in, you get to where you're able to see your enemy opponent. Shoot them, take off some chip damage, and then move that six inches behind a terrain piece to where you can't get shot at.
1: Right. Yeah. Like I said, this it's a, a very mobile unit.
0: Um, um, they're fantastic. They can fly. Uh, their keywords are Great Devourer, Endless Multitude, uh, and Vanguard Invader. Those will be more important as we go through the different sub factions for each type of invasion fleet.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, I guess our next one was the hive tyrant. So, uh, how much were the gargoyles? Oh, I'm sorry. The gargoyles, um, price point or
0: yeah, price point. So the gargoyles are $45. You get a box of 10. So they are fantastic. If you can get pick them up at that point, price point, um, which is naturally GW MSRP. So you can go online and get them there. Um, the next one is going to be the wing Tyrant and the Hive Tyrant. Uh, it's a box. The box comes with both. So you have to choose which one that you want to build, um, either or. Uh, they're $60 a piece, uh, GWMSRP. Uh, the one that we're going to go over with at the moment is going to be the wing Tyrant or Flyrance as their kind of their nickname. So they are Movement 12, T9, 2-Up Save, Warp in Bolt Save, which is huge. Uh, Ten wounds, leadership seven, three OC. Um, they do have the Deadly Demise keyword and the Deep Strike keyword. So when they do die, you got to roll a D6. On a six, it explodes, and then it does D3 Mortals to everything within six around it. It's got the Shadows of the Warp uh, faction and the Synapse, so it can go in either war. Um, and its abilities are the Will of the Hive Mind. Once per turn, one friendly edge unit within 12 or more of this uh, models with this ability can be targeted for a stratagem for zero CP, even if another unit from the army has already been targeted by that stratagem in that phase.
1: Um, yeah, it's just a really good ability to have. And if you are newer to the game, um, this isn't like a second army, this is the first army for you, one of the things that you should... I know is that there was an FAQ towards the beginning of this edition that that zero CP stratagem is only for battle tactic stratagems. So I don't want there to be any like um, anything confusing when you're looking through those to see what is targetable and what is not by that ability.
0: Yeah. So your battle tactic stratagems are going to, it'll say like, uh, so just for instance, let's say you're in the crusher stampede and you have uh, him inside that sub faction they have the ability called mon- uh, rampaging monstrosities, and it's for one CP. It's a battle tactic. It's in the fight phase, um, and it says that uh, until the end of the phase, each time a model from this unit makes an attack, you can reroll the hits. So imagine you got a big group of uh, like Tarmoggans or Hormogans or something like that as they come in, you can ha- have them redo all their hits for free, and theoretically, you target one unit. You- do this for free for a second. Now you've got two units that are re-rolling their hits, one of them for free. It's great. Um, So, yeah, that's one of the their abilities. Their second ability is uh, Pyroxism. It's Psychic. Uh, at the start of the fight phase, you can select one enemy unit within 12 and is visible with this model. Roll a D6. On a 1, the Psyker suffers D3 mortals. On a 2+, at the end of the uh, phase, subtract one of the attacks characteristic of the models equipped by the models of that unit
1: fantastic yeah anytime you can limit damage output you know you have to do it yeah um i think that this model is really good and i'm sure that it has a lot of play in you know going out and grabbing objectives and really helping a bigger unit anchor down and make it worthwhile um some of the things that i did want to get into were its different um weapon options and its profiles because this is, I think, somewhere else that this model really shines. Um, It does have two different gun options. You can take one or the other. One is a heavy Venom Cannon um, that is D3 shots. Hits on twos, strength 9, AP 2, 3 damage with blast. So this has got some potential to really soften up um, some of the big elite units. Um, And then the other option you have is the Stranglethorn Cannon, and that is going to be D6 plus one shots, also hitting on twos. you You're
0: Even at its lowest amount, you're still producing more attacks than the heavy Venom Cannon. They're the same range. It just seems like the better output to me.
1: Yeah, I think that this one, yeah. this In this one, it's quantity of shots over quality mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then we're going to get into the melee weapons. Um, the monstrous bone sword and lash whip. This is my favorite weapon that these models have. It was last edition. It is this edition. Um, Six attacks, hitting on twos, strength nine, AP two, three damage. But the big thing here is it has twin linked, which means you get to reroll the wound roll. So
0: yeah, um, most things you're going to be wounding, hitting on twos, wounding on twos. And realistically speaking with twin linked, you're going to hit all your attacks. You're most likely going to wound on all your attacks. AP two. It's it's just good stuff. My
1: my first thought, too, is that with the things like these, with the increase to toughness across the board this edition, mm-hmm. having the twin-linked makes you a little bit scarier into elite that are T5 and 6. Oh, yeah. Even on
0: threes, you can punch up. It, uh, having twin-linked allows you to punch up that much better.
1: I think that there's just a lot of good play there with uh, twin-linked. is just so good. And then the other thing that it has is monstrous scything talons, and these are extra attacks, and how extra attacks works in this edition is that in addition to, so we'll say the Monstrous Bone Sword and Lash Whip, you will also get to use these in combat as well. And there are four attacks, hitting onto strength seven, AP two, two damage. Again, a really solid profile. Um, Nothing to, you know. Nothing to laugh at. Nothing to laugh at. It would definitely, this model is going to pick up models. All right, and then we'll quickly go over the Hive Tyrant. So this is the on foot. It moves a little bit slower. It's movement eight versus movement 12. But it's T10 versus T9. Um, It has all of the same weapons as the Winged Hive Tyrant, but its abilities are a little bit different. Um, It still has the Will of the Hive Mind for the Zero CP stratagem. And then next, it's called uh, Onslaught, and it is a Psychic Aura. And it says While a friendly Tyranid unit is within six inches of this model, ranged weapons equipped by models in that unit have the Assault ability.
0: Which is ridiculous because then so good. you're able to basically advance and shoot or advance and do actions. It's just chef's kiss. Well,
1: and the other good thing too is with how auras work, it targets itself, which mm-hmm. means that your heavy venom cannon or your stranglethorn cannon also have assault, which allows this model to be a little bit more mobile. Um
0: basically stay with the units that it's trying to fight with.
1: Yes. Um, so I just, I really like that ability. I think it's really good. And I'm sure, um, as we keep descending through all this, we will find more models that adding that assault keyword to is just a game changer.
0: Oh yeah. There was actually an entire, uh, realistically an entire sub faction of this army that just absolutely loves the assault keyword. So yeah, the next one that we're going to be going into is going to be Carnifexes. So this is a, uh, the box comes with two. So you get two of them. It's a $100 box. Um, but the thing is, is the Carnifexes can be built together. So you can have a unit of two, or you can have two separate units of one a piece. Um, really good value for the dollar based on for the model and the points and everything like that. Definitely one of our top five choices. But uh, it also, it's basic profile, eight-inch movement, toughness nine, Two up save, eight wounds, leadership, eight plus, OC3. Really, really good. It's a synapse faction. It's blistering assault is its ability. So each time an enemy unit is selecting to shoot, uh, after that unit shoot, if any models from that unit were lost or or more wounds as a result of these attacks, this unit can make a blistering assault move. If it does roll 1d6, adding two to that result for each model in the unit that can be moved the distance in inches up to that result. But this unit must finish the move as close as possible to the closest enemy unit. When doing so, this model can be moved within engagement range of the enemy unit for each unit can only make one blistering assault move per phase. So basically what that means is each time this enemy uh, a enemy unit is selected this unit to shoot at, you can then roll a D6 and move that much closer to the closest enemy unit.
1: You know, there's the, the long term of the distraction card effects. And I think that this still brings that same level of, you know, if this model goes unchecked and they don't deal with it, you're going to have problems. Oh
0: yeah. And it grants um, you two movement. Realistically you get your movement phase and then you get your opponent's shooting phase to move. So it grants you two movement phases, which is just ridiculously powerful. But, um, it's one of those models that can be equipped with, uh, many different types of weapons. So it can be equipped with the extra Scyling Talons. It can be replaced by either the Death Splitting with Slimer Maggots, Devourers with Brain Worms, Heavy Venom Cannon, the Stranglehorn Cannon, the Carnifex Crushing Claws, um, and then the scything Claws can be replaced with either Death Spitters with Slimer Magnets, Devourer, Brain Leech Worms, and then the Carnifex Clashing Claws, um, it can also be equipped with the bioplasma, and then it can also be equipped with the spine, uh, the spine banks, and I then it's got the, the extra talents of
1: the. I think the key, the key um, weapons to discuss though. You just get the bioplasma. You don't have to swap anything for yep. that, and that again, assault and blast, which makes this army again so mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, There's the,
0: no reason to not advance your units unless. It's gonna leave you open to be basically picked up off the board.
1: The close combat weapons are again where these models shine. You've got a lot of um high strength, high damage. Most stuff is flat three damage, which is very good. This, um,
0: the Carniflex Crushing Claws are wounding <laughs> Rogal Dorns on 4s Mm-hmm. That's gross.
1: Um you know these, these things are meant to chew up elite um, and take care of them. The D6... So, I'll just go over the Carnifex Crushing Claws. There are four attacks, hitting on fours, strength 12, AP3, D6 plus one damage. That's so that good. feels really good. That's so good. Um, this is going to be taking care of most elite units, and it's going to also take care of most... It's um,
0: so really going to chew small, up anything it touches. Like small vehicles. Yeah. Uh, it'll. I mean, you figure... Rhinos, chimeras, uh, bulk of guard, uh, transport units like, um, hellhounds and chimeras, torox primes, toroxes.
1: I mean, this is this You're is wounding on. on threes, yeah. Um, um, but you know, this also goes into like the, upulsor, the impulsor and the repulsor executioner. And like, this isn't just like, um, guard models that tend to be on the softer side, this is hitting big tanks. Uh, wounding on threes, you'll look yeah. and you'll see strength 12 is something really big in this edition right now. Um, so anytime you can find something like that, it's worth consideration. I oh,
0: think. 110%. Um, um,
1: the other uh, the other thing I wanted to discuss is they also get the extra attacks with the Carnifex extra Scything Talons. And these ones are two attacks hitting on fours, strength 9, AP2, three damage. Again, strength 9 is very big. It's very powerful. Obviously not the crushing power of strength 12, but it's still going to do a lot of damage when they connect.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, because it's going to allow you to hit your Rhinos on fours, your Lehman Russes on fives if you need to, if you need that little bit extra to finish it off, Um, and it's wiping pretty much all your infantry units hitting on twos and threes. So just fantastic. Uh, Keywords, monster, great devourer, current effects. We'll get to more of that for the uh, different sub factions and everything like that. So the next one is going to be Biobores.
1: The next one that we're going to discuss is the BioVores. They are a Movement 5, Toughness 6, 3-up um, save, 5 wounds, 8 leadership, 1 OC. Uh, one of the big things that they bring to this army is Indirect Fire. They've got Blast Devastating Wounds Heavy Indirect on their Spore mine Launcher. It's a 48-inch range with D3 shots hitting on 4s. Um, strength 6, AP 1, 2 damage. So that is just, um, you know, it's not the, the scariest profile, but it coincides with their um, data sheet ability, which is called Seed Spore Mines. And It is once per turn in your shooting phase, when selected to shoot, one unit with this ability can use it instead of making any attacks with its ranged weapons, and if it does, you can add one new Spore Mine unit to your army and set it up anywhere on the battlefield that is wholly within forty-eight inches of this unit, and more than nine inches horizontally away from all enemy units. That spore mine unit contains one model for each model in this unit.
0: So, here's the thing about it. So you go through, you keep it behind, you know, terrain so that way it's protected, so it can't get shot at or anything like that. So you pull your data card. Shoot, I just pulled.
1: You could you could pull behind enemy lines. Thank you. You could pull, engage on all fronts. um,
0: Investigate signals.
1: Investigate signals. Deploy
0: teleport homers. Yeah,
1: there's so many things that this thing can do. And with it being within 48 inches of the BioVore, that's basically the whole board.
0: Yeah. You might not get
1: the far reaches of the diagonal corner, but you're going to get just about anywhere you want with this model. Oh, easily. Yeah. and so it just makes the biovore so good to help you score your secondaries. Oh yeah, and that well. is that is one of the main reasons that we put this as a must take on the list. Um, this is one of those models that can hang back into your deployment zone and help provide you what you need. And the other thing you can use the spore mines for, though, is this helps cover deep strikes. Oh yeah, this, this will shut down someone's ability to deep strike on you. Um, it could force them to put models places they don't want because you're putting one 25 mil mop millimeter base model on the board and zoning a whole area out oh yeah easily so, and it, um, if
0: if you have an area that you're trying to prevent a within three inch deep strike you can put it in with your guys and hopefully you assist in screening out that extra three inches so that way they can't drop a set of in their uh inceptors or other tiered players that have a three inch deep strike as well.
1: Well, there's that there's um, gray Knights have three inch deep strike. There's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. This edition that's got like some stratagem play to let them get a three inch deep strike. So again, um, a bio war we felt was an auto, not maybe not an auto include, but we highly recommend it. It gives so much. Um, I don't want to say forgiveness, but like this really helps you lock down the board, the board state for you.
0: Yeah. It, it just, it's such a, Utility piece inside your army that does so much for you that it's it's just worth having, especially with its ability to land the spore mines and just faction everything. It's just hundred percent worth it. Most almost all your competitive lists are running at least one. Definitely recommend it. Um,
1: yeah. And then um, our next our next one we're going to discuss is the Ripper swarms and termagants termagants, and we'll kind of go with these hand in hand because. The way that you own ripper swarms is by buying boxes of termagants mm-hmm. um, so they kind of go hand in hand and they're both just good for the army
0: yeah um forty five dollars you get a box of uh ten termagants or and uh you get some ripper swarms with them. We recommend getting two boxes to round out um uh, that first initial five hundred dollars and yeah, they're just good.
1: Um, the Ripper Swarms, they're a big thing. Um,
0: they're just little gribbly units.
1: Similar to the way that Chaos players use Nerglings. They deep strike in. They can come in and score you objectives. But something I found interesting was their um, Chitinous Horrors is their um, aura ability. <laughs> I,
0: heard that. I read that as chitterous.
1: <laughs> um, Chitinous Horrors aura ability. While an enemy unit is within engagement range of this unit, have the objective control characteristics of models in that enemy unit. That's oh, so good. So if you've got some Ripper Swarms and you can play them, you know, advantageously with your unit of Termagants or Hormagants, whatever you may be playing, your guys are OC2. So if you're cutting that other OC2 unit down to OC1, that's real big. It helps, you know, between the the battle shocking and cutting OC, this Army really plays Deny the Primary, mm-hmm. and it's very powerful. Um, I love the, the Ripper Swarms. They can be taken in one to two or three uh, bases for 20, 40, 60 points. They um, yeah,
0: have the Deep Strike ability, so you can drop them wherever you need them to.
1: Right, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like With the Deep Strike, um, or they move six inches, you could just run a base of them near your termagants. And tell them to figure it out, and yeah, and so you sit on this, that's and, cool, and you hold it, so it's real good. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: I've got 40 dudes chilling on this objective, and your guys have half your OC, right? Yeah, guess what? Guess who's not getting this objective? You,
1: um, and then we'll move into the like the Ripper Swarms, their attacks and stuff are very minimal. Um, it's they're,
0: kinda, they're not there to attack, they're not
1: there to attack, they're there for the halving the OC and running around and doing actions yeah. for your army.
0: Uh, the keywords. Uh, swarm great devourer uh, harvester again we'll get more into those and with sub factions
1: um and then lastly um we're looking at the termagants these guys are you know they're the battle line unit that um, everyone goes to they're just a good model to have it gives versatility in all the different um, sub factions that you might play in but the big things i want to hit here oc2 movement six T3 one wound, so like their profile's not super scary, but um the flesh borers they have the same shooting weapon as the gargoyles, which gives them assault, mm-hmm. which again lets these guys run up, take an objective from you, and you're gonna have to work to get them off of it.
0: Yep. Uh which works really well with the uh skulking horrors, which once per turn. Uh, when an enemy unit ends in a normal advance or fallback move within six inches of this unit, if this unit is not within engagement range or more of that unit, they can make a normal move up to D6 inches.
1: Which feels really good. And the other big thing, so like with theirs that is different from the Carnifex, it doesn't have to be towards the closest enemy, Mm-mm. which means that you could move into a position to either maybe put some more models on an objective marker or just make that charge a little bit harder for them to come try to take it from you. Yep. Um, I just I couldn't recommend these enough. That's why we um, suggested two boxes, and you can take them in ten to twenty man units for sixty to one hundred and twenty points. So we'll do a quick um, recap of our suggested models, and then we'll give you the price point and the point payout. So quickly, the seven models we discussed were the Neuro Tyrant, the Screamer Killer, the Hive Tyrant, Winged or on foot, whichever you decide. Gargoyles, Carnifex. Uh, Ripper Swarms, the BioVore, and finally termagants, And the price point on all of this stuff uh, comes out to $505, which is a little bit over our budget, but we think for five extra bucks, paying a little bit extra to get the the tyrant and the Screamer Killer um, is very strong. The Screamer Killer is something that is just kind of a bonus to getting the Neuro Tyrant, but this would also put you at one thousand one hundred and forty-five points, which puts you a little bit higher than our thousand-point line that we we try to get to. Which so we think for the five extra dollars,
0: hundred percent worth it, hundred percent worth.
1: All right, and finally, before we take our first break, we're going to quickly go over um, a paint scheme that Jake and I have each picked out to kind of help you figure out some base colors on one of the different high fleets that we both love. Um, Jake, if you want to go ahead and go first and then I'll go after you.
0: Yeah, no problem. So I chose, um, well, as you guys know, I'm a big Ultramarines fan, love the lore and everything like that. And, um, Battle McCrag have to go with T- Hive Fleet Behemoth <laughs> words. Um, it's a pretty simple paint screen. It's, uh, red, black, and blue. You're going to do, uh, your basic, um, corn red or, uh, Mephiston Red is your base. Uh, I recommend going corn red and then washing it and then highlighting with your Mephiston Red. Uh, and then either Corvus Black for the Carapace or Abaddon Black, whether or not you want that hue or if you want a true black. And then uh, a nice McCrack Blue for the highlighting all the Carapace. Highlight that little bit with a Fenrisian. And then... Lead Belcher for any type of metallic parts that you want to run, and you're done. Nice and simple and easy.
1: All right, man. Yeah. Um, Behemoth is one of my favorites, too. I was torn between choosing that and the one that I chose. I chose um, High Fleet Tiamat. Okay. Um, they're a little bit different. They're like a greenish color. Um, but the colors that I would recommend, I would recommend a base coat of gray seer. So you're not quite at a like a bold white, but you're not at a dark gray either. Um, next, I would shade in with uh, rust gray on the skin <clears throat> and then finally the other key colors i think are important would be to get incubi darkness and that's kind of the main color of their carapace um, abaddon black for talons and getting into the deep recesses of the model and then finally i would go with like a crimson burrow mm-hmm. crimson um to do the the uh, fleshy part of the flesh bore that they carry. Yeah. Um, just to really give it a nice pop of color. But I think with those five colors, that would give you a really great start to your high fleet TNN. All right. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we will be back with the next part of our podcast.
0: And welcome back. So now we're going to go through all the different uh, sub factions that are within the Tyranid. So that way you can start working towards building your uh, your army towards the faction that you like most. So there are six of them, and those ones are Unending Swarm, Vanguard Onslaught, uh, Synaptic Nexus, uh, Simulation Swarm, uh, Crusher Stampede, and uh, Invasion Fleet. Invasion Fleet being the one that uh, was in the index. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start off with Unending Swarm. So unending swarm has the detachment rule uh, insurmountable odds, which uh, each time a unit is selected to shoot after the unit has finished making its attacks, if one or more of the models from uh, that has the endless multitude keyword units were destroyed as a result of the attacks, they can perform a surge move uh, to do so roll one D six. If that uh, unit has moved the distance in inches as a result, but that unit must end as close as possible to the closest enemy unit, excluding aircraft. Uh, When doing so, these models can move within engagement range of enemy units. A unit cannot make a surge move while it is battle shocked. So if your unit gets shot or destroyed, they can surge. So it is a very, very powerful um, ability most of your units that have these ability are going to be your hormagons, your Tormagonts, your Neuragonts, your Gargoyles. And you're going to run these in as many units as possible, your 20-plus bricks. And you're basically just going to swarm the board as much as possible. Uh, Jake's going to go ahead and talk some about the Venomthropes with this.
1: Yeah, so one of the units that we recommended were the Venomthropes. And they're not something I think that gets seen very often right now. But I really liked the Foul Spores Aura that this unit has. And it's, while a friendly Tyranid unit is within 6 inches of this unit, each time a ranged attack targets that unit, models in that unit have the benefit of cover against that attack. In addition, while a friendly Tyranid unit, excluding monsters, is within 6 inches of this unit, the models in that unit have the stealth ability. And I think that this is such a good ability in Endless Swarm because you're going to be running so many units of... Termagonts and Hormagonts and gargoyles running a lot of battle line and so making them minus one to hit on the way in feels really good um just keeps you alive that much longer their lashes their toxic lashes which is their melee weapon they're anti-infantry too so if they get stuck in um they do have you know they can put out some wounds their strength three zero ap one damage but the anti-infantry two up lets them you know at least Put up a fight.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And one thing that they do have is a stratagem called unending waves. Uh it's very similar to the guards reinforcement stratagem. Uh restrictions, you can't bring back a destroyed character that's with it. But that twenty group uh twenty man group of hormigons or tormagonts that you're using to advance the board, when they die, they come back. So crazy powerful. Um and as a guard player, I know how powerful this can be, especially when it's late game you only have units that have one or two guys left you run them up the board they die you can say hey 2 CP unending waves bring them back and then it just gives you that feel of the unending masses that this detachment is trying to portray portray thank you
1: um the next unit that i had so we're going to pick two units for each of these to really highlight um was the turvagon this is an uh character model um, very strong T11, 2 up saves, 16 wounds, OC5. Um, pretty pretty strong in combat. Uh, but the big thing here, again, goes into their abilities. Their first one, pretty straightforward, spawn termagants Yeah, seems in, good. <laughs> in your command phase, you select one friendly termagant unit within 6 inches of this model and return up to D3 plus 3 destroyed models in the unit. A termagant unit cannot be selected for this ability more than once per phase, so it's pretty straightforward. You lose some, they're bringing them back. So now, with the venomthropes and the turvigon, we're regenerating and we're making it harder to kill things. So we're keeping those units up at their you know that fifteen to twenty model range. Mm-hmm. Um, the second ability that um, the turvigon has is the brood progenitor, which is while a friendly termagant unit is within six inches of this model. Ranged weapons equipped by the model in that unit have the lethal hits ability. So we've talked a lot about how a lot of these things have the assault keyword, which lets you advance and do actions. But um, in this particular instance, this gives your quantity of fire um, a little bit more punch because they don't have very strong shooting. Um, So I just, I really liked both of these abilities into this.
0: Yeah, it really allows the ability for your unit to um, not necessarily punch up, but provide more impactful shots to where you're not having to roll as many dice. So that way you can really punch through while you're trying to take these objectives and work the secondaries that you can. So those are the two models that we definitely recommend for you to uh, work towards if you're choosing that the, uh, an ending swarm uh, detachment. Alrighty. And our next attachment is going to be the Vanguard onslaught. Uh, the Vanguard Onslaught, uh, their attachment rules is Tyranids with the ability um, are eligible to charge in a turn in which that they fell back. And the Vanguard Invader units uh, with this ability have the ability to charge in which the same turn that they advanced. So they get advanced and charge and fall back in charge, which is super, super good. The... Uh, Death uh, Death Leaper loses the hunter-organism rule and can be your warlord. But the most important thing is the Vanguard Invader units, the one that can run in charge, are pretty much anything that has wings. Your Death Leapers, your Flyrents, your Gargoyles, your Harpies, and then your Warrior Primes. Now keep in mind, the Warrior Primes, when they are attached to a Warrior unit, grants the Vanguard Invader keyword, to that unit of Warriors. So it's going to allow for the entire unit of, of Warriors to be able to advance and charge.
1: All right, yeah, and so two key units that I wanted to quickly discuss. Uh, the first one was the Von Ryan Leapers. Um, a couple of things about them. They have a 6-up invul save, they're t T5, movement 10, um, three wounds, so they're, they're pretty good. They have Infiltrator, Stealth, and Fight First. So this gives a lot of play to get them into the midboard early. And they're doing quite a few attacks. You run a six-man unit. You're getting 36 attacks, hitting on threes, strength five, AP one, one damage. It's nothing to, you know.
0: Nothing uh, to shake a look at it.
1: No, it's very scary. And then um, its ability is called Pouncing Leap. You can target this unit with the heroic intervention stratagem for zero CP and can even do so if that stratagem has already been used different unit this phase. So this just helps, you know, really support midboard play. And if I'm not mistaken, they gain advance in charge mm-hmm. in this. So being movement 10 with advance in charge is just very scary.
0: It allows you to really just run up the board and then get into combat. With pretty much anything that you want in the midboard, really control that midboard presence, which is really going to help you winning not only primaries but secondaries as well.
1: And fight first is so big this edition; that's so good. So to have fight first, um, very strong and very reliable. The other unit that I wanted to discuss briefly was the Wing Tyranid Prime. Um, as Jake said previously, when it joins the unit of warriors, it gains advance and charge, which just makes them that much scarier. Um, this one is movement 12, T5, six wounds. It is right where it needs to be in a unit of warriors. But the couple of things I want to talk about that it has um, are its two data sheet abilities. The alpha warrior, while this model is leading a unit, weapons equipped by models in that unit gain sustained hits one, which is very strong, um, really allows you know those quality attacks to just become better. And then finally, the death blow. If this model is destroyed by a melee attack, if it is not fought uh this phase, roll 1d6 and on a 4-up, do not remove it from play. The destroyed model can fight after and then is removed from play. So basically... A fight on death. A fight on death on a 4-up for the Winged Tyranid Prime, which feels really good.
0: Yeah, that feels fantastic. Especially with war leaving the Warriors with it. It's just... It's, it's going to be something that you want charging with the board with everything else right. in
1: that. And so they're just, you know... I'm not saying they're going to lock down a side for you, but they are definitely going to harass... Mm-hmm. In a very powerful way.
0: And as, as another player going into them, you're going to definitely going to want to, I wouldn't necessarily say overcommit, but definitely commit to trying to wiping those out to the best that you can. So, so yeah. So the next detachment we're going to be talking about um, is going to be Synaptic Nexus. Uh, synaptic Nexus, its detachment rule, is at the start of the battle rounds, you can select one of the synaptic uh, imperatives. And those abilities are the Synaptic Augmentation, That while this unit is within synaptic range of your army, models uh, within the unit have a 5 plus N vulnerable save, which is fantastic. Uh, Surging Vitality, that while this unit is within synaptic range of your army, add one to the advance and charge rolls of this unit. And then Goaded to Slaughter, that while this unit is within synaptic range of your army, each time a model that makes an attack uh, that's melee, add one to the hit roll. So... Really, really good. really powerful. You're going to choose one of those as you need throughout the Army. Uh, our recommended units for those, Zonthropes, Norns, uh, Maliceptors, and Termagons. Termagons.
1: Yeah, the uh, the one that I'm going to discuss with uh, Synaptic Nexus is the Zonthropes. These models are really just cool-looking models to begin with. Like, I love how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason we picked them is they have their t5 three wounds with a four up invul save which is very strong um their ranged weapon is where they really shine they have two shooting uh profiles for the warp blast the first one is their witch fire which is d3 shots per um zone thrope so you're gonna have like a six man unit so you're gonna have six d3 they're hitting on three strength seven AP 2 D 3 shots. They also have blast on this profile. So you might get a little bit extra and then the other one that I think is just Very strong is their focus which fire is lethal hits and psychic Uh, 24-inch range one shot. So you're gonna get six with a six-man unit Hits on three strength 12 AP 3 D 6 plus 1 damage very powerful the big thing that I find this so makes it so strong is most focused witch fires end up having hazardous, and theirs do not. Oh, so really? you have no worries about losing a model by using the bigger profile. Oh, that must be
0: nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: That feels um, real good. And then the obviously we're going to go over the data sheet abilities because these are where they shine. Um, while an enemy unit is within six inches of this unit, uh, if this unit contains a Neurothrope, which is the leader of this unit, um, each time that enemy unit fails a battle shock test, it suffers D three mortal wounds, and one model in this unit regains up to D three mortal wound. Or sorry, gains up to D three wounds. Ruined. And then its other is an aura ability, which I think is really good. It's called Warp Field. Well, a friendly Tyranid unit is within six inches of this unit, models in that unit gain a six up invul save. Ooh, that's so real good. That's real good into like your Termagants, um, your small guys, even some of the big models. I noticed. Like they have two up armor saves, but no invul. Mm-hmm. So like six up invuls are not the greatest, but it's at least there.
0: It's something. I mean, you're you know I mean? you're hopefully able to maybe you're spike and get one or two. Yeah, you're guaranteed so, at least a six, at least yeah, a try, at least a try. And, and so
1: um, these it's better models, to have it than not. Yeah, they run in three to six man units, um, either 110 to 220 points, and I just couldn't. Um, say enough about them. I just think they're very powerful mm-hmm. and they're a very good highlight in Synaptic Nexus.
0: Makes sense to me. Do you have another one or are you going to save it for...
1: Um, we could talk about the mouse scepter, but I was okay. going to talk about it in a different one. And so Perfect. when we get to the mouse scepter, just know that this also works in Synaptic Nexus as well.
0: Gotcha. So the next one, big bugs. All the big bugs. You love the monsters. They are fantastic in this and this is going to be the Crusher Stampede. Um, it's detachment rule, any tiered monster models that, uh, in your army that makes an attack, you're going to add one to the hit roll of the models if they're below starting strength, which is just one wound. And it's going to roll, uh, add one to hit on your wound rolls when it's below half strength. So it is just getting stronger and stronger the more damage you deal to it. And these bugs have so many hit, uh, so many wounds. It's not even funny to where you're just you're too afraid to bring them because they're just going to get that much stronger. Um, the ones we recommend for this, your Norn Emissaries, your High Tyrants, and your Carnifexes. Keep in mind though, when you're playing with the Carnifexes, you want to run these individually. You do not want to run these as, uh, pairs or into thirds. The issue being is if you run them in groups of two, you're going to have to, uh, one of them is going to have to die for you to gain the benefit of the below the starting strength. And you're never going to gain the benefits of the wound roll because the unit will never get below half strength. So keep that in mind that you want to do it individually for those. Um, also, when you're doing all your um, secondary plays and stuff like that, we strongly recommend using lictors um, for this because they have loan op. So you're going to let your big bugs charge in, do what big bugs do Wreak, wreak havoc on your enemy's thing while your Lictors go out and do all your little secondaries because they have loan up. They can't be targeted within 12.
1: Yeah. Um, the Lictors were a really great choice here. Um, but the two models I'm going to highlight here, the first one, like I just previously discussed is the mouse scepter. Um, the reason I felt this was good. Again, a big T11 bug, 14 wounds, four up invul save. And all you have to do is lose drop one wound, and everything on this guy's profile now becomes ballistic skill two, weapon skill two. So good. Um, the range attack is an 18 inch, uh, d6 plus three shots with blast psychic. It's strength two, 10. Sorry, not two. Um, AP two, three damage. Just a very strong attack. It's a little close range. I would love to have seen it been a little bit farther back, yeah. But, Very good, and then um, the Massive Scything Talons for its uh, melee. Strength 9, AP 2, D6 plus 1 on the strike. Strength 7, AP 1, 2 damage on the sweep. Um, These are just really strong, so I'm sure that's probably why the range is a little bit closer, Mm because you're wanting to get into combat, especially in Crusher Stampede. Oh
0: yeah, that's the whole goal, is to basically just run up the board and basically try to destroy it. Just charge in, I mean, your ABCs. Always right. be charging. Yeah. That's what you want to do with them.
1: Um, and then it's uh, it's one data sheet ability I really liked. It's called the ins Insphylactic. That sounds good. <laughs> insphylactic <laughs> Diffusion. Mm-hmm. It's an aura. While an enemy unit's within six inches of this model, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, subtract one from the hit roll, and if the enemy unit is below half strength, subtract one from the wound roll as well. So wow. what this does, um, that's pretty self-explanatory, but... You're now forcing things to make it even harder to fight you in combat. Oh, yeah. As long as you've dropped a wound, you're hitting on twos. And, you know, if it's late game and you're finally below half strength, you're plus one to hit, plus one to wound, and they're minus one to hit, minus one to wound. Yeah,
0: and keep in mind, outside of your major melee armies, most of your armies, they don't struggle in melee, but they're not doing that great. And taking away the ability to hit and wound, uh, you know, minus one to that, it's just going to make them suffer that much more.
1: I mean, realistically, like the minus minus the minus one to wound against T11 means that almost most things are going to need sixes to wound. Yep, and it's so going to be that much worse. So just going to stand there and fight all day. And it's
0: just going to laugh while it does it, and it's tyrannid skittling laugh.
1: Um, the other unit that I wanted to talk about, um, a lot of people really like this model. I think it's pretty cool. It was the new one that came out, the Norn Emissary.
0: <sighs> it's such a cool model. You know what it reminds me of? A uh, a xenomorph.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. I'm like, I don't own a lot of tyrannids, but that's one that I would love to just pick up uh, yeah, and
0: paint it, and make it beautiful, paint it, and
1: give that base like just all the detail work, mm-hmm. and make, really make it a showpiece. So,
0: so do you make it look like it's on the ground, on like a planet, or do you make it look like it's inside a ship and go full xenomorph?
1: I would go like T Rex from Jurassic Park at the end, Ooh, where it's like yeah. standing on like the edge of a cliff and like the and s- just roaring. Yeah, and just bearing down on anything below it.
0: So I, I've thought about this for a minute.
1: Um, oh, I
0: want to get one of the Grey Knights. Uh, the Dread, Dread Knights. Knights mm-hmm. And paint it up yellow to make it look like Ripley. Okay. <laughs> and have it fighting on the base. I just thought that'd be cool.
1: Um, so I'm going to quickly go over the Norn as well. Um, some big key things that it has. Um, it's... T11 four up invul save 16 wounds. <laughs> yeah, so um, gross. OC5 really really strong. This is kind of interesting. It's got one ranged attack with three different profiles, which mm-hmm. is, I think that's really cool, so you can kind of target as needed with it. Um it's got the psychic tendril. It's got a profile that is um strength 12 AP3 D6 shots melt a 2. Um, then we've got a 2d6 shots, strength 6 ap2 one damage with blast and then this is kind of cool 18 inch two shots strength 8 ap2 d3 damage with precision that's so, so good you know it it could be standing over you know in that mid board on an objective holding it and just start sniping the, yeah into the hqs because you'll find in this edition that hqs are really what make units Good, yeah, they make like them they elevate them a lot, so to be able to remove those is very good. And then it has two, um, two data sheet abilities one is called Singular Purpose. At the start of the first battle round, select one of the following select one enemy unit until the end of the battle. Each time this model makes an attack that targets that unit, you can reroll the hit and reroll the wound roll. Very strong. Second ability is select one objective marker until the end of the battle. While this model is within range of that objective marker it has a five up feel no pain ability and an o c value of fifteen that is that is very strong so good um that you know that is very much a i'm gonna go take that and lock it down
0: mm-hmm. this is my objective
1: um, I'm sure that theres some other play there you know we talked ripper swarms mm-hmm. things like that that just diminish the o c value but then you can also i'm sure find ways to give this thing minus one to hit mm-hmm. and Things of that nature. So, um, that's
0: what it, says, it says. I don't
1: know why you wouldn't take that one. I like that one more than I, yeah, that's the reroll to hit. and yeah. wound. unless you maybe like, like I said, I don't play a whole lot of nids. I doubt you're running double Norn. Some
0: lists do, man.
1: But, but I could see one, you know, being a hunter killer type. Oh, yeah, just running thing. through and just sniping yeah. dudes. And then the other one is there to just take an objective and not let go of it. Mm -hmm. um finally its other one is unnatural resilience this model has the feel no pain four up ability against mortal wounds so i mean that's you know if we if we couple that with the uh oc 15 five up feel no pain it's only getting better from there so now you've always got the five up, and then someone tries to spike it with some psychic devastating or um i'm sorry mortals not devastating um it just goes up. You just go from a five well, to a four. Not just- so, like I said, the Emissary and the mouse Scepter both felt really good in this. And then don't forget, um, the mouse Scepter, I feel, also does well in Synaptic Nexus. Yes.
0: So, our next one is going to be the Assimilation Swarm. Uh, this is a kind of an interesting one. It's an outlier. Um, it has the potential to be powerful, but you really have to build into it. And I feel like this is like a singular purpose list. But um, its detachment rule is feed the swarm. Uh, In your command phase, each harvester unit uh, from your army that is within range of an objective marker can regenerate one friendly targeted model within six inches of it, not wholly within, just within. A a unit can only be regenerated once per phase. So keep that in mind, it's per phase. So each time a unit regenerates, it does one of the following. Regains up to D3 lost wounds. Uh, One destroyed infantry model, excluding characters, is returned to the unit with full wounds remaining. So keep this in mind. If the unit has only one wound left, okay, and it's an infantry model, you can bring another one back. So you'll have a full health one and one that's on one wound. So it's pretty powerful as far as that goes. I'd argue that on base on some things, you'd rather do that than regenerate the D3 lost wounds unless it's a character. But if it has the endless multitude keyword, i.e. your hormigons, tormagons, your neurogonts, and your gargoyles, uh, you're going to re- bring back uh, three destroyed models instead. And keep that in mind, you can tar- um, target multiple guys.
1: So a pyro- the Pyrovor is one of the units I wanted to highlight. They are um, essentially big flamers. Uh, you can take a three-man unit of them, which is what I would recommend here. Uh, T6, five wounds. Um, each flamer is D6 plus one shots. strength six AP1, one, one damage. The big thing, though, for these, like all other flamers, ignores cover and torrent. These are twin linked. Mm-hmm. So that means that you're auto hitting and then you're rerolling the wound roll, uh, which feels real good. That feels real good. Um, their their melee attack is just, you know, chitin barbed limbs, strength five zero AP one damage. That's not what they're there for. Yep. Um, their data sheet ability, though, felt really cool. In your shoot, it's called burning spray. Mm-hmm. In your shooting phase after this unit is shot, select one unit. Unit, select one enemy unit, hit by one or more of those attacks until the end of the phase. That unit cannot uh, receive the benefit of cover. So um, with that, it just opens up a lot of units to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, because there are lots of like uh, one thing I think of, I think it's the go to ground stratagem. It's not used too often. Mm-hmm. It gives the benefit of cover. And Ghost. a 6 up invul save. So, mm-hmm. like, little things like that um, that you can mitigate to really delete units you need to take care of. And then the other big thing with them is that uh you can regenerate them in this. So, you're bringing back a T6 5-wound flamer each time, Each time, and that's very powerful. Yeah, for sure. The second model that I wanted to discuss in this was the Har Specs. Um, again, this is a big bug, 11, mm-hmm. 14 wounds. Um, the range attack on this bad boy is the grasping tongue. It's one shot hits on three strength, six, AP two D six plus one damage precision. <laughs> so, so
0: yeah. you're just tired. It's Hey, like, Hey, you see that librarian. That's cool. Dad. Yeah.
1: Might as well try. Right. Yeah. And because it's 12 inch range, you don't have to worry about loan up. Nope. Um, it's attacks in combat. A little bit stronger. Um, the ravenous maw, fourteen attacks, so weapon it's skill it's three, it's... strength seven, AP one two damage. Feels good. Feels good. You're just throwing um, a bucket of dice. And then shoveling claws, four attacks, weapons skill three, strength fourteen, AP two, d six plus one attack or damage.
0: And that's extra attacks, right?
1: That's extra attacks. So you get both of those in yeah. combat. Yeah.
0: So you're just like, oh, that's cool. You're 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 gonna die. I'm gonna take care of you. Figure the, it out.
1: The big thing you can to do if you do well with the ravenous maw. Uh, you can get those extra attacks onto the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has one data sheet ability, and it's called Grizzly Spectacle. Each time this model is selected to fight after resolving its attacks, if one or more enemy units were destroyed by those, each enemy unit within six inches of this model must take a Battleshock test. That's, yeah, seems uh, seems pretty good. So, you know, if you are, or you're are you getting into it and you're, you know, turn four or five, everything's in the midboard fighting for it, that could be potential.
0: Yeah, that's... That could be really
1: big. Um, but those are the two that I would recommend for that one. Yeah, and
0: other, other things too that have the harvester ability um, going to be your ripper swarms as well and your psychophages. So it, the little gribbly, you know, ripper swarms that everybody seems to forget that they even exist. Mm-hmm. You park them on an objective. Now, keep in mind, you have to control the objective for this to work. That's kind of the handicap about it, but I mean screw it. Slap an horn on there. Guess what? You control that objective. Have fun. Very true. But uh, all right. So the last one that we're going to talk about is going to be the invasion fleet. Now, we're not going to spend too much time on the invasion fleet because keep in mind, this is the one that the index came with. So it's pretty much just your take all. It's your balance. It's you want to run some big bugs. You want to run some little bugs. You're not really, you know, it's more of like your, your standard breakfast. It's got your balance at everything. So it's got the hyper adaptations, which allows you to pick one at the beginning of, I believe it's each battle phase to where you get your, no, no, my correction, at the start of the battle, uh, whether or not you want your sustained hits on your infantry and your swarm units, your hyper aggression with those lethal hits against monsters and vehicles, and your hive predators, which have critical hits, have precision. So kind of keep those in mind. I mean, for our recommended units, just pick ones you like, ones that you think are going to fit well inside the list. It's a hybrid list, you know. A, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that this is um, one of those things where you really get to, through all the all of the suggestions we've made, I think most of them would fall in line well into Invasion Fleet. Yeah. So whatever models really just peak your fancy, those are the models we would recommend you go for. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, there's one other thing I should note that I didn't um, talk about with the... Um, Crusher Stampede, the, because you get the plus one to hit, uh, the models that do bracket after like when they're down to a certain amount of wounds, they'll never be, up uh, they'll never be worse than they're starting. Oh
0: control. yeah. So they're never going to, you'll never have that feel bad of like, oh, does this model bracket? You'll just look at them and be
1: like, it doesn't matter. This yeah, is- you'll, you'll never have a Norn hitting on fours. It, yep. And um, things it, like that. So, it feels real
0: good. But uh, that's that's pretty much it, guys. As far as the uh, the tyrannids go out there, when you're looking at that big wall of the different bugs and everything like that, hopefully we kind of gave you an idea of where to start and where to go and and go from there.
1: All right, yeah. And, um, as always, uh, we want to say thank you for listening and hanging out with us. If you would be so kind, please give us a five star review wherever you might find your podcast and. As always, make sure to be you and be kind.
0: And have a wonderful, wonderful day.
1: And we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care.